welcome. You're on air with Ella, where we share simple strategies and tips from people who are doing something better than we are. Whether it's wellness or relationships to just living better and with more energy, or changing your mindset to accomplish more in your own life and succeeding however you define it. This is where we share the best of what we're learning from the experts, and we're learning more every day. Live better, start now. Let's go. Hey, you're on air with Ella, and it is my absolute delight to introduce you to Nick Layton. Hey, Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is a treat. This is going to be so much fun. I'm very excited. The listener fam is excited too. They've sent in a bunch of questions for us to present to you, Nick, to get your professional take. But before we jump in, could you please tell us who are you and what do you do? I am Nick Layton, and I am the co-host of Were You Raised by Wolves, which is a weekly podcast about etiquette, manners, and so much more. I started listening to your show. I don't know when it's been a minute. And then I started sharing your show. And then I started mm-hmm. like, I am, I think, maybe an ambassador for Were You Raised Great. by Wolves. Yeah. We need more of those. Yeah. I, and it's a little tricky to actually share our show because if you share our show, it's sort of like, is that a comment on somebody else's behavior? It's like, so it's always a little tricky. You know? Yeah, this feels targeted. (laughs) Nick, I'm going to start with the first question. And this is about untrained dogs who jump on you when you walk in the door. Let me read her submission. She says, we love our friends, but they have two very large dogs that haven't been disciplined a day in their lives. They mean well, but they bark and jump on you when you walk in the door. Did I mention they're huge? If we sit on the sofa to chat, they'll come up and basically like get on you with the top half of their bodies. And I'm comfortable telling them no and redirecting them, but our friends do absolutely nothing to stop this. And it honestly makes me not want to go over there. What is acceptable to do or not do in this situation? Ooh, tricky. And what's your first thought? Like when you read this, what's your first thought? My take is, I mean, this obviously not uncommon, right? And sometimes you're like, you know, you're dressed nicely, right? I mean, sometimes it's more than just discomfort. It can be like a problem, like a wardrobe issue. So for me, like I'm very comfortable, like pushing somebody's dog away and just being like, no, and kind of setting the tone. But obviously there's a line. I mean, very obviously there's a line. And it's super weird to be disciplining somebody else's animal in front of them. Yeah. I mean, I think there are different degrees to which people, I think, have relationships with their dogs. And so for these dog owners, this actually might be good behavior and they don't actually think that there's anything wrong here. This is just being friendly. And then the letter writer obviously feels like, oh, no, this is a problem. So I do get a flavor from the letter writer, though, that they think that the owners of these dogs aren't going to do anything, that there's no changes available. Um, And they've kind of actually made it clear, like, oh, these dogs are kind of on me. And like, absent sort of a polite direct conversation with the dog owners, the next time you're invited over, like, hey, I would love to come over to watch, you know, uh, Golden Bachelor with you. But uh, your dogs make me a little uncomfortable. Is there something we can do about that? Can we maybe put them in a different part of the house? Or like, is there any conversation around that? Uh, So maybe you could have that polite yet direct conversation. Otherwise, I think you would just decline invitations. Is there like, that's the deal going to this person's house. That's the deal. And so if you don't want to deal with that deal, then like you just can't go over there. I guess that's what it is. I'm only wearing corduroy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to wear burlap and that's what we're doing. Right. Okay. Polite and direct conversation. I'm a huge fan of that. I don't think those should be scary. I actually think like 30 awkward seconds can prohibit a lifetime of awkwardness. So I'm a fan. Yes. Usually anticipating that conversation is harder than actually having that conversation. 
But Nick, you said something really important here. And that's like half the time. And I I think I might be conservative. Half the time, I don't think the owners are aware. It's like they don't see it. Like you can't hear your own dogs bark. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, most etiquette problems are not nefarious. Very few of us are going out of our way to be rude. I mean, there are definitely people who are going out of their way to be rude. And that's a person that exists in the world. But most of us, if we do something that's rude, it is not intentional. These dog owners don't mean to make this unpleasant for you. I mean, I think no host wants to go out of their way to make their guests uncomfortable. Um, But I think they just, it does not, their awareness of your discomfort is not clicking for them somehow. You could make them aware of it, or if you've made them aware of it and it's just not clicking, then you just have to do something different on your end. Okay, this one, this one has a little bit of detail, but I think it's useful. So I'm going to share it with you. This is RSVP then ghosted. And here's what he or she said. I threw a small dinner party and invited each person individually. I followed that by a calendar item after they said yes, and a quickie day of reminder. It was very clear that this was a small group and that I had reserved a private room at our venue. Uh Uh-oh. It's intentionally a cultivated group of professional contacts, and I'm really, really clear on how to RSVP and why it's important, even if you have to cancel at the last minute, which I understand. Three people out of 12 Three people who RSV'd yes didn't come. We're not close, but we are professionally friendly. If this was my friend, I know how I would handle it. But when it's professional and you paid a deposit to the restaurant based on their commitment and they let you down with zero communication, how do you handle that? P.S. Oh, we get a little update. I love an update. P.S. I never heard from two of them and one of them had a legit reason for the ghost. Okay. How do you, let's say, let's take these two then. How do you handle that? You invite them. You probably paid a deposit based on their yes. And you told them this was very exclusive. And she sounds like it, she never even heard from them and they did not show. Yeah, that's rude. <laughs> that's very rude. I think the, the thing to do is uh, remove them from any future guest list and that's and make sure that we never do business with these people again because that's not a level of professionalism I'm interested in doing business with. No. And that's it. I mean, there's nothing you can say to the... Somebody who does something like that, there's very little you could say to them that to make them apologize, like feel bad about this. They they don't they're not gonna feel bad about this because like they they know this is rude just to like not show up for a commitment. Like they know. And so they don't care. And so there's nothing you can say. Uh and there's nothing you could say that would be satisfying. And that's actually the the sort of the unfortunate thing about etiquette. Good etiquette is often not satisfying. We don't actually often get closure uh in good etiquette. Because uh, the closure here would be to call these people up and be like, uh, hello, I just lost uh, money on you because you said you were coming and you didn't show up and then you didn't bother to let me know afterwards. I mean, Nick, That's we want rude. closure. What's your explanation? <laughs> I demand an explanation. That's it's not good etiquette. And also none of that, even even if they gave you some lame excuse, they're like, oh, I didn't realize they're like, n- none of that actually would be satisfying at the end of the day. Yeah. What answer are they going to give you that's going There's to? nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, if so, if there was a legit medical emergency, family thing, like I'm, if it could have been any of those things, okay. But at the earliest opportunity to let your host know that that thing has happened, we do want to let them know. So I don't know how much time has passed, but you know, certainly enough time for one person to apologize. Honestly, statistically speaking, like I'll leave room that one out of the three had like their house blew up. Okay. That's a metaphor, <laughs> a euphemism. Okay. But statistically speaking, three out of 12 did not have a death in the family. <laughs> it's 25% of your invitation. As a host, I think the thing to do, especially with the group of people you may not know well, which I think might be the case here, these are professional contacts, not personal contacts, is to not just send a reminder. 
the day of, but actually ask to reconfirm the way your dentist would. That that may be a strategy in the future is to not leave it up to them uh, and to actually affirmatively get their commitment twice. Maybe that's a strategy. It shouldn't be necessary. You would think a professional person was on their calendar, it's on their calendar. But, you know, this 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 would be a strategy to try and head that off in the future. You said something important. You said etiquette is often not satisfying. And that is true. very obviously annoying and yet true. Totally yeah. get it. If these are friends, like people you're going to see on Tuesday, and it's probably not this structured, but you have an event and they just ghost you and you don't hear from them. What do you, what can you say that's polite but direct then? Uh, hey, I was disappointed that I, you didn't come to dinner and I didn't hear from you. Is everything okay? Yeah, that's it. I think we want to start from a position of like, surely something has gone wrong because that would be the only explanation that makes sense. You start with, I'm sorry for your loss. Uh (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, something may have happened. So we don't want to come out of the gate hot. We want to allow for something has happened. And so let's just find out what it was. But I was so disappointed to not see you at dinner. Um, Was looking forward to seeing you. Is everything okay? Okay, that's very reasonable. Yeah. And I think I, I'm fiery. So I think my first response has to be mitigated by the adult in me. Yeah, that's a good, good starting place. Yeah. What about yeah. people? This is just me asking now. I'm tacking this on. What about people who do not RSVP at all? Like, that's insane to me. Like, pe- someone invites you and it says RSVP, which means respond, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> Please, we're begging you. Please respond. And people who don't RSVP at all, are you the annoying person if you follow up with them? What does etiquette say you do when you just don't get a response at all? In real etiquette world, it is not required to actually ask people for an RSVP. That little wedding card inside of the wedding invitation that has like the prepaid uh, stamp on there, and uh, that is not required because anybody who receives an invitation knows that an invitation is something you respond to. Like that's inherent. Of course, that's I've been invited to something, so I would respond to that invitation. So the idea that like you actually have to be asked specifically is sort of an insane thing. For people who don't respond, I think it depends on what the event is and what your relationship is with that person. Um, but if it's a dinner party on Friday, Friday for eight and one of your person hasn't gone back to you. Hey, want to know if you're coming on Friday? Let me know by the end of the day today so I can finalize my shopping. Easy peasy. I love giving them a timeline, by the way. That really works. A deadline is good because what you want as a host, especially, is you want to know that if this deadline has passed, you are free to move on with your life and get closure on that invitation. I don't want to have something open-ended and like, oh, are you coming tonight? I haven't heard from you, but maybe I should leave a chair for you. Like, I don't want to live in that world. So it's sort of like, by this date, please let me know. If I haven't heard from you, I assume that's a no. I love it. It's like marketing. There's a call to action. (laughs) Yes. There's a limited time. Okay. Yes. Limited time offer. Act fast. I love this for us. Okay. And we will get to how to decline an invitation because I have a theory and I think people don't know how to say no. And so when it's a no, they don't know how to say no. And so they just don't RSVP. We will get to that. It's coming. Okay. Next. My friend, and we both speak English natively, often mispronounces words. I understand her perfectly, but should I be correcting her so she doesn't make the same error in a less familiar, and she says less safe, environment? In other words, is it ever okay to correct someone's spelling or pronunciation? Are you doing them a favor or being rude? Well, I think the question is, is this mistake or are these mistakes holding this friend back in life, in love, at work? Mm. Is this holding them back from achieving their dreams? I think that's the first question. Um, And so uh, I would start there. 
I have found because I have hundreds of hours of me talking um, and I get a lot of feedback from our listeners. Um, <laughs> I do hear from people about things I have mispronounced, or words I've used incorrectly, grammar that issues. Uh, so I have heard feedback. I generally feel like if you knew what I meant, let's just let it go. Did I communicate my point and did like, are we lost? Then great. Um, if, if you actually need to clarify the meaning, then absolutely. Yeah. Oh, did you mean X or Y? But I think that, yeah, we, we might want to let it go. Third point, I do find that people are that are bothered by grammar and pronunciation issues tend to be quite bothered by them. They, they <laughs> do have a hard time letting them go. I do. I have found this uh, in just my small sample size. And I think as some, if you are somebody who is bothered when do, people do make grammar mistakes, I think, you know, I think we want to know that English evolves and uh, actually things that may feel incorrect, maybe actually are correct now. Like ice cream. Ice cream used to be iced cream. Iced cream? Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I would yeah. struggle. Right. And so ice cream, easier to say, more fun. And that's why we say it this way. <laughs> but originally it was iced cream. And so this has changed. Great. I actually, on this topic, I just got an email from a lister. I guess I had said restaurateur, as in like somebody who runs a restaurant. And the correct word comes from the French and it's restaurant. Oh, no, there's no N in it. Oh, see, this is my problem. It's restaurant, restaurant, restaurant. You have to basically gag it out. <laughs> I may, Well, I'm just never going to say the word again. This is my strategy. So that's how I'm going to handle this. I was happy to get that email because I, I I looked into the history of the word and like the the usage and the where it comes from and like okay great and now I know I I I can handle I can take it. I also put myself out there, so like that's also why you know if if you're going to put yourself out there, then you got to take it. But to answer, I think the letter writer's question, I think if we can let it go, let's just let it go. Unless it's really holding them back, and then I think then you could have a polite conversation asking whether or not they would like to be corrected. Which is like, hey, I noticed sometimes some pronunciations are not correct. It doesn't bother me. But do you want me to point those out when those happen? Or like, are we cool? I actually, I, I don't know if that actually is how I'd phrase it. Because I, I don't know. I'd have to workshop that. But I, <laughs> I think at least we want to invite the conversation first. Um, I think that would be a good idea. I am going to add to that because I love that. And I'm just going to raise my hand very, like, really subtly as the problem. Like, I'm the problem. It's me. Okay. I am a stickler for grammar and language, and it's one of my most annoying qualities. And I have learned to manage my inner beast. And here are three things I've learned. <laughs> Great. One is context matters a lot. So in a professional environment, if you have rapport and trust with somebody and they know, like, and trust you, it's very useful to share with somebody so that they don't trip up in a meeting or something. So if they're adding an extra yes. letter to a term. Well, in a business setting, that that's a totally different story. If that is fair game to to correct somebody who's making a mistake in an office context, no problem. But so, yes. if it's your, say, spouse or something like that, hypothetically, allegedly, and you understand what they are saying, there is no need to offer a correction. It's just not necessary. And also, what is yeah. your goal? <laughs> right. Yes. I love your suggestion to ask. And I've actually found that useful. I, again, I'm not, uh, look, we're works in progress. I'm evolving in front of your eyes. But but I have found that just asking like close friends or someone who's saying something wrong, I personally love it when someone tells me that I'm saying something wrong, or I've got something just a little like, I really appreciate that feedback. But I need to never assume that that is a two way street. And you should always ask. So I love, love, love that that's your suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, if you've ever heard Ella say anything incorrectly, use uh, bad pronunciation, the wrong grammar, 
please email her. <laughs> Leave it in a five-star review and tell me how bad my there English go. is. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I love this one. How do you handle loud talkers? We have professional contacts with whom we dine from time to time. One of the men, let's call him Gerald, is an extremely loud talker. To be clear, I'm not exactly quiet, but this guy is an 11 out of 10. In restaurants, other patrons will literally turn their heads almost any time he opens his mouth. For some of the other folks in attendance, they basically go into fight or flight. It's really bad, I promise. Is there, <laughs> wow. I love my listeners. Is there a polite way to handle this? Gerald sounds like he's not a loud talker. Gerald sounds like he might be kind of a yeller. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think my first thought is if this is the professional contact, then let's just plan to go to places that are louder. Real loud. So let's just pick <laughs> restaurants that are a little more lively. So that would be my first thought. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, for Gerald, I, he's not doing this on, he, he, he does, he's not, this is not intentional. This is not uh, malicious. Um, I, I don't think he realizes it. So I think if you can't live with it, and I think the question is like, can we just live with this? Like it's 90 minutes of dinner. Can we, is this fine? Like, is this the hill you want to die on? That's a great first question. Can we live with this? Because so often we're just ready to be outraged, but like, can we live with this? Not everything requires a response. And I think with like the world we live in, social media, leave, asking people to leave reviews, feedback there is a feeling like everything requires a response and no it that actually um you can just let some things go it is some things do not require comment and so can we deal with gerald at dinner maybe we can if we truly cannot then i guess the polite thing is like oh gerald your voice really carries would it be possible to bring it down a, a notch i guess or some some nicer way to say that but yeah, Gerald, your voice carries. You may not realize. There's a way to say that. I get it. And I think yeah. I would imagine, Nick, that tone really matters. Tone always matters. Yes. And we often talk about a tone that's non-judgmental and value neutral. Value so very neutral. often, whenever we're asking somebody, especially strangers for something like, oh, would you mind, you know, putting down the armrest? Just that tone is like, hi, would you mind putting down the armrest? Neutral. No judgment in that. It's just a request. Uh, that's often the right tone to use in most settings. Yeah. So for Gerald, it's just Gerald, your voice, your voice carries. Okay. So a key takeaway is value neutral tone. Sometimes my face says things out loud that I don't mean for it to. Yeah. We also have to work on total neutrality. Yeah. Okay. There's some yeah. rehearsing. I need some rehearsing. Oh, and it takes practice. Yeah. No, no, nobody, nobody's out of the gate with all this. Yeah. All this takes practice, but it's worth doing because the whole point of etiquette is just it's the lubricant that makes society work better because we all have to we're all in it together. Like etiquette is just the domain when we leave the house and have to interact with other people. And it's just sort of like the structure and the rules by which that happens. And so the, the idea is that uh, we need it, A, but also it takes practice to get good at it. And so we, we do need to we do need to practice. Yeah, I think that's really important. And I want to ask you, like, why are you so passionate about this topic? Well, I am always interested in how different cultures and traditions sort of tackle the same topic, which is what a lot of etiquette is. Because I use like the Miss Manners, Judith Martin definition of etiquette, which is that manners are sort of the universal principles. Those are the things that all cultures, all people agree with, which is we want to raise our children and happily. We want to be mindful of our uh, community. We want to take care of people. We want to be kind. 
Um, like that's manners. Uh, etiquette is the way a specific group of people decide to sort of execute those manners, how they define how those are going to work in our society. And so I'm always interested in how other cultures approach all of these things. Um, you know, like Italy, how do they approach the idea of breakfast, the concept of breakfast? Very different in Italy than in the United States. And it's sort of the idea is like, oh, we want to start the day in a good way. How do we achieve that? For me, I've always been fascinated with this topic. So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, also, I don't like being wrong. And so etiquette is one way that I can try my best to always be correct whenever possible. Uh, not always achieved, but like we're working at it. We're yeah, we're, evol- we're, we're all yeah. works in progress over here, Nick. Okay. Yeah. Two more questions before the lightning round. This one okay. is unwanted gifts. What's the protocol if someone gets you a gift that you don't like, don't need, or already have? Can you ever say no thank you? And is re-gifting okay? I mean, to refuse a gift is pretty rude. I mean, yeah. you really have to, you really have to have a good reason to do it. I mean, I think the only occasion would be if it's an engagement ring and you're not prepared to say yes. I think that would be a, a gift we might decline on the spot. I think also if it's something extravagant and that you truly cannot accept, like, oh, here is a house. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe there's right. But generally speaking, the polite thing is to thank it, thank the person, be gracious about it, and uh write them a thank you note. Uh, and then that's the end of it. In terms of re-gifting, there are definitely schools of thought. Many different schools of thought. I am dying to know Nick's take on re-gifting. Uh, I, I personally think that re-gifting is fine if you can get away with it. So you have to make sure that if you're giving it to a new person, that it's still a good gift for that person. Like it can't just be some random thing through a closet. It has to actually be something that like you would get for this. A thoughtful re-gift. Yeah, it has to be a good gift. And you want to make sure it's not like inscribed. If it was a book, you want to make sure it's not like a monogrammed thing. I just beg you to open the first five pages of the book. Please don't look on just the first page. <laughs> right. And don't ask me how I learned that lesson. Thank you. And I, I also want to make sure that it's not going to somebody in the, the same circle of people. In terms of getting away with it, you want to make sure that word doesn't get back to the original person. But you're also free to return something. You're also free to exchange it for a different color or size. Like once it's a gift, you're welcome to do whatever you want. But we just want to make sure that the person who gave it to you, original person, knows that you are appreciative of that gift. And you want to make sure that they are left with that feeling. Okay. You mentioned thank you notes and we don't have a question on here about thank you notes. So I'm just going to let you just remind us that even though technology exists, that does not eradicate the need for the handwritten thank you note, because I swear to you, they're so rare at this point in many circles that they can change your life in a positive way. Meaning if you're going out for the job or if you have the meeting, or if you are networking with somebody, or you're just grateful for something, a handwritten thank you know is like a gem these days yeah. in my opinion nick please educate us uh and they're not hard to do i mean they're really it, they're they're pretty fast to write but actually uh, my new thing is i don't want people writing thank you notes i don't want anybody else to do it because they are rare and i want to be the person that does it i don't need competition out there <laughs> um so you know because when you do send a thank you note it really does have a, an impact which is completely disproportionate to the effort that it took to write that thank you note and if everybody in the world actually wrote thank you notes that would dilute the power of my thank you notes and i'm not interested in that i don't want anybody <laughs> expressing gratitude for anything um i want to be the only person doing it and uh, so therefore the impact uh, when i do it very high that's my new that's my new approach to thank you notes. 
Okay. Last in-depth question for you. And this one, frankly, is from me, Nick. We recently talked about people blaring videos, you know, TikToks, phone calls, kids games, etc., on their devices with no headphones, right, on speaker, in public spaces, everything from public transport to, I mean, you you get it. And, and I have to say, this trend entirely freaks me out. This is fine dining restaurants, you know, airplanes, transatlantic flights. Like we're not talking about 45 minutes in the air here. So yeah. I need to know personally, just me, I'm, you're coaching me now. Is there anything that we can do or say without escalating the situation? No one wants to start something. That's not, a, that's not a thing we're trying to do. Is there anything we can do or is it just like total anarchy now? <laughs> well, I mean, I think you have to uh, know your audience uh, and you have to kind of assess the situation. Airplanes are always a little dicey, you know, because anytime you combine just that combination uh, in a small little tube, you know, things happen. If you want to say something, and it is not unreasonable to say something because we all know that it's annoying and you shouldn't do it. Like we all, we all know that you, you shouldn't have anything blasting noise in public. Like we all know. And do so they know, like Nick, are they nefarious? Do they know, like who wants to hear your TikTok? I, I, they're not, they're not being mindful of the people around them. So that is why this is rude. Um, I don't think they woke up saying on the flight to Paris today, I'm going to make sure that my iPhone is at full volume. I'm not sure if that's the conversation they're having with themselves. Okay. But it feels personal. Um, <laughs> But I think uh, there have been occasions when I have, you know, either just signaled to someone or even said it to them like, oh, two headphones. And you just kind of leave it at that. You, it's not a conversation. It's just one request. And if it's not accepted, then that's the end of it. I'm not I'm not I'm not going to pursue that further. Oh, two headphones. Um, very meek. Very, very light. You know, uh, I'm just a just small sort of a, little, I'm just a little, little, just little person headphones. in the corner. So like tap at the temples. Right. Um, or if I'm actually saying to them like, oh, I'm sorry. Would it be possible to use headphones? Listen to your value neutral tone. Very, oh, I have a lot of practice, but that would be it. Yeah. Like, oh, would it be possible to use headphones? Or like, oh, I have headphones. Would you like to borrow them? I always have extra headphones. You could do it that way. But yeah, this is sort of the nature of the beast of leaving the house now. But yeah, but sometimes, I mean, sometimes life is also just unpleasant. Yeah, And we are just in unpleasant situations. That's just the reality of the world we live in. And there is this impulse that we should always be comfortable all the time. And it's sort of like, that's not realistic. And there's no, there's no etiquette solution to that. It's just, yeah, this is, this is terrible. And I wish I wasn't here, but I am. And so <laughs> that's what but it here is. we are. <laughs> yeah. But I think, you know, when you can't tough it out, play it direct. That is usually your best bet or loop in a flight attendant, you know, subcontract on an airplane. I do typically like to subcontract to a flight attendant because they do have the professional expertise to have a better judgment about what a passenger is likely to do or not do based on sort of their sample size. And so it is often better just like have a flight attendant handle things if you feel like, oh, this might escalate. It It is what it is. And all kidding aside, you, you guys are great at pointing out that health and safety comes before even health and safety always trumps etiquette absolutely yes never put yourself in harm's way just for the sake of being quote-unquote polite right oh i got into the van that was unmarked that had tinted windows because he asked very nicely like don't do that no (laughs) didn't want to be rude to the uber driver yeah i don't want to be rude right no No. (laughs) okay that matter is settled okay i've got a lightning round for you are you up for it Sure. Okay. Room service at hotel. If someone brings my room service and there's an 18% service charge, do I still also tip the person who brought it? Uh, I mean, that sounds like that's the tip on the bill. 
right? So yes, you don't have to tip twice. If this person did like something amazing or went above and beyond, or you wanted to like round up, usually like there's a gratuity spot anyway, I guess you could, but it sounds like the tip is being handled. So I feel like you're kind of in the clear there. So it also when in doubt, always ask, they will be delighted to tell you. Excellent. Okay. Hosting gifts has three lightning round questions underneath it. Okay. When do you bring a host gift or when don't you? For example, if we see each other practically weekly and end up <laughs> and end up just bringing bottles of wine back and forth. I love this question. It's very relatable. When do you bring a hostess gift and when don't you? Well, the Judith Martin, Miss Manners uh, sort of approach would be you actually don't ever have to bring a gift. You have to reciprocate the invitation. So if you're invited over to somebody's house for dinner, you have to reciprocate that with, you know, an invitation of your own. That would be sort of like the the ideal situation. That is not the world we live in. A lot of us don't entertain. So if you're not having people over as often or it's not reciprocal, yeah, the idea of showing up empty-handed is very awkward. Uh, but I think for two friends that are always seeing each other all the time and it's the same bottle of Chablis every time, <laughs> then... Yeah, I think you guys are in the clear. Just make sure that there's wine for the other person every time that they're over, and then we're good. It might be fun to make a thing of it and literally have the same bottle of wine that one just brings each time one comes over. Okay, love yep. this. Okay, is it okay to serve the wine that the guest brings at the event? The host is in charge. So if the host wants to open that wine, it's on the host to do whatever they want. I think the reverse of that question often comes up, which is, I brought wine, my host didn't serve it, is that rude? And it is not rude, because anything you bring is not for that night. The host has everything sorted out. They already have the wine, they've, they've had the menu set. And so anything you bring is a gift for the host to do with as they please. And so if they do not please to serve it, then that's fine. But yeah, if the host wants to pour your wine, then that's okay. Okay, it's not, yeah, it's not a thing, right? I hope it's not a thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Did your wine have a barefoot on the label? Let's discuss. Okay. This, ca this caught me off guard. Do I give a gift if I am the host? Who am I giving the gift to? All my guests? I guess the people you just made dinner. Look, listen, if I made dinner for you, surprise, that's your gift. I am assuming that this is a dinner party situation. Maybe it's a birthday party. Um, I'm not I'm not <laughs> sure if there's any obligation for a host to give gifts to their guests. No. I'd have to think, I, I would need to know more about like, what is the circumstance here? I guess, yeah. Is, are there occasions when hosts give gifts to their guests? Yes, uh, kids' birthday parties. This has become a whole thing, I think. I am okay. no expert here, but I think that when people have kids' birthday parties, they half of their time is spent creating swag bags for the, for the guests at the yeah, birthday parties. Yeah, very popular. Yeah. Okay, I can't answer that. Do you have an answer for that one? Yeah, I guess it's not off the top of my head. I guess I need a little more details about, I need a little more specifics, uh, but I don't think there's a general rule about hosts getting gifts for guests. Okay. So off the top of my head, but I would have to consult the the, the library. If oh. I made dinner and you survived, that's my gift. That's, to you. I guess that's the gift. Okay. Okay. Hats. This is so funny. I'm going to read it verbatim. When is it appropriate to wear a hat or not? I'm a man, but maybe this is for both. <laughs> um. Yeah, that. hat rules. I mean, they've definitely evolved. Hat rules from 100 years ago to today. I mean, who wears a hat at all anymore? I'm sensing this is giving me baseball cap vibes. So when we talk about hat rules, baseball caps are not hats. And so the idea that you're allowed to just like wear baseball caps indoors, uh, this is not this is not a thing. Right. Yeah. So you should remove your baseball caps indoors. And there are different rules for men and women um, historically, but a woman's hat, it, it has to often the term you hear like the etiquette literature is fashion hat. So it has to be 
a fashion hat to count as a hat because women are allowed to keep their hats on indoors in many circumstances. Um, but for men, the general rules are the way I think about it is if you would be able to keep your raincoat on, then you could probably keep your hat on. So circumstances when leaving a raincoat on because a hat is really sort of, at least in the etiquette rules is thought of like, Oh, this is something that protects you from the elements and like is a little dirty or is wet or is some interface with like the outside world. So that's why we want to remove it in a lot of circumstances, especially to show respect. But if you could keep your raincoat on, then you can probably keep your hat on, but you should not wear a hat in a restaurant. You should not wear a hat in the theater. You should not wear a hat at a funeral, you know, uh, you should not wear a hat during the national anthem. Um, so a lot of a lot of occasions when you would remove the hat. Yeah, it's just a, it's about showing respect, I guess. I have a very serious scenario for you. Okay, it's twelve noon. You've just been to yoga. You stop for a coffee. You're wearing a baseball cap, not a fashion hat. Do you remove the cap in the year 2023? Yeah, yeah. sure, leave it on. Yeah. This is not very formal, but I think if you were then going to have lunch with friends in your yeah. yoga gear, I think I'd probably take the head off. And at dinner, we're just a hard no for any sort of headgear at any kind of dinner. Is that fair? Generally speaking, when you are seated for a meal, even if it was outdoors, you'd, you'd men would remove their hats. Yeah. Okay. That's probably more discussion than hats needed, but thank you. There's a lot to say about hats. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, this one's quick. Is calling someone and not leaving a message an indication that they should call you back? She says, if you don't leave a message or a text, I'm not calling you back. But my siblings say that ringing me should be enough of an indication. What? Question mark? Question mark? Yeah, no. I, if you haven't left a message or in, no. Letter writers, I think in the clear here. Yeah. yeah. High fives. Yeah. High fives. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Two more. What's the simplest way to turn down invitations politely when you don't have a conflict, you just don't want to go? Sure. And that's, I mean, that is perfectly legitimate. I often think that a, a sign of actually like being an adult, like the true sign is when somebody cancels plans on you and you're happy about it. <laughs> That I think that's the true side. That's that's when you've really achieved adulthood. Um, so I get it where you just want to like not do anything and like be at home. Totally get that. Um, the trick for all invitations when you have to decline um, is to not make excuses. I don't want your excuses. Just unfortunately, I can't come. But the first thing you need to do is thank them for the invitation because we want invitations in our life. We want more invitations. We do not want to shut off future invitations. So thank you so much for the invitation for dinner on Friday. Unfortunately, I can't make it, but I hope it's a great success. End of story. Nothing further required. And it never matters what the reason is. Like, I don't think you should share the reason even when it's a great reason because then you're in the habit of sharing reasons. Well, and then it becomes a negotiation and then it's like, I, I don't need any of that. Right. It's just, thank you so much for the invitation. Unfortunately, I can't. Hope it's a great time. You say something and I'm not sure if you're quoting someone else, but you say an invitation is not a subpoena. Judith Martin often says that. Yeah, a invitation is not a subpoena or an invoice. So- Nice <laughs> way to explain that, Nick. <laughs> Yeah. No, an invitation. Well, this usually comes up with weddings, but a wedding invitation, especially, is not an invoice. Um, but yeah, no, an invitation, not a subpoena. You are free to decline. Now, there are plenty of invitations that are sort of obligatory. Um, and so certainly we all have those in our life where it's like, oh, this is something I do not want to do, but I have to for some reason. In which case, okay. But um, yeah, if you just like, oh, I don't want to go to your thing. That's okay. Fine. Okay. So just polite and direct and no excuses because this is not a negotiation. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, never let your no be a reason that you ghost the inviter. Invitations need to be replied to promptly. 
All okay. invitations. Ghosting in very few circumstances is ghosting acceptable, uh, which is usually health and safety. Or if you've already set a boundary and they've crossed that boundary, which is like, I've already told you no, and I made that very clear. And so I'm just, I'm not going to respond now. Like that would mean occasion when we were allowed to ghost, but just like to not respond. Yeah. Ghosting is one of the most rude things you could do. Okay. And then when you say health and safety, you mean like, say, in a dating environment and somebody... Certainly. Yeah. If there's a health and safety issue on a date and you need to not respond to somebody, no problem. Yeah. yeah. No arguments here. No, Bye that's block. Not ghost. Okay. That's, ghosting is not the right word even for that. Ghosting is when, hey, it was a great time meeting you on Friday. What are you doing on Sunday? Do you want to get together? And you don't respond. And it was a nice date, but you're just not interested. To not respond, that's that's super rude. That's super rude. You got to say like, it was so great meeting you. Unfortunately, I'm not feeling a connection, but I wish you all the best. Like that's all it needs to be, but it needs to be something. And you're giving us one liners that we can just copy and paste. Copy and paste. Absolutely. Yeah. Or just record my voice and play it back in a voice memo. Sure. But really, I mean, it is, if you want to be an adult and you want to do adult things, dating, go to dinner parties, be invited to places uh, and not chaperoned by your parents. Like if you want to do adult (laughs) things, then that does have responsibilities. And the responsibilities are, you know, participating in society and being a good guest uh, and a good participant on your end. Like we, we all have responsibilities on both sides of the equation. And so, you know, not ghosting is definitely one of them. Okay, beautiful. All right. We these the last two lightning rounds fall under sort of the same umbrella. And that umbrella is essentially, (laughs) I'm going to reword this. She said, can we shut other people up? I'm going to say, can we mute other people in a polite way? And I'm going to give you two different scenarios. The first one is someone says something outrageous at the dinner table. Think family holidays. A family member consistently asks this one listener about her weight gain or loss. Wow. The sub question to this one is, is there an age where you just let it go? Meaning if it's your 90 year old grandmother, do you just let it go? So Nick, how do we handle when someone says something about whether you're still single or whether you've gained some weight or anything else outrageous? Yeah, I mean, I think often this comes up at Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner, holiday time. Feels timely. Yeah. Um, I think you have to sort of decide for yourself, is this, do do we want to engage or do we not want to engage? Um, And the etiquette response versus the relationship response are going to be two different responses. In terms of like the relationship response, that's outside of my purview. That's not my department. But the etiquette response would be to to decide, do I want to respond or not? Um, Do I want to just keep this light and keep it moving? So that is a choice like, oh, you, thank you for your concern. I'm fine. More potatoes, please moving on like that that is one approach <laughs> or you could or you could say something pointed uh which is like it upsets me when you comment on my weight so i hope we maybe cannot do that moving forward and then we also need to change the subject you could have a larger conversation with it about it you could pull the person aside uh, at some point that it feels appropriate which is probably not at that meal um to talk about that general you know that general sort of approach to your life you know if you were anticipating this relative doing this you know i guess you could have a private conversation with them before the meal being like hey looking forward to seeing you on thursday i know often my weight comes up it's a sensitive subject for me is it possible we could not discuss it this year um but i think in etiquette world you know at a, a dinner party often we let it go I will say there are times when it is important to say something. This is often when something is about truly racist, totally outrageous, completely inappropriate, something that actually should not stand. 
That, that's something we, we, we're not going to actually, we're not going to let this hang out there. This is something actually that does need to be said in the moment and corrected. And like, we, we cannot have something like that said at this table. For those occasions, I think you could just say like, that's very offensive or whatever it is plainly. And you could express your wish that like, that's going to be the end of that. And then we move on to something lighter. This is going to happen. I want to know what Nick actually says. I think it would depend on sort of what has been said. But I think you could just say like, I feel like what you just said is inappropriate. Let's, I would appreciate it if we sort of didn't come back to that. Yeah, let's redirect and where are the potatoes? <laughs> yeah. So I, so I, because I don't want etiquette to be this idea of like, oh, we just let everything go. And for the sake of harmony, like we don't, we allow injustice to happen because that's etiquette is not about being a pushover at all. It, you can totally stand your ground and be polite at the same time. Uh, in fact, you often should. And I feel like actually a lot of people do get into etiquette trouble when they feel like, oh, I just have to say yes to this thing because I don't want to be rude. Or I, I agreed to do X, Y, Z because I don't want, you know, somebody to think ill of me. You can call out somebody for being racist or outrageous or uh, uh, disrespectful um, in real time in a polite way. Like that's compatible. I, I don't want people to have the idea like, oh, etiquette is just about letting stuff go and being a pushover because it is not. I'm, I'm going to throw something on the whiteboard for the comments about your appearance. And I would like you to have a go at it. And that is in a professional environment. I One example, I had a gentleman comment on my appearance. And I think he thought that he was being flattering, but he was also in a boardroom. My response was very, like my tone, believe it or not, was rather neutral. And I said, oh, how interesting that you feel comfortable commenting on that. And that's all I said. And then I immediately turned to something else and started like an engaged conversation with a smile on my face. There was no sick burn vibe, but... Did I cross the line on, uh, did ed, does etiquette say I crossed the line? I guess it comes down to the tone. I mean, it, uh, I mean, you made your point. I think if I was in that situation, I might not have said anything. Sometimes, you know, not everything requires a response, but also who is prepared for that? I mean, who, who was ready for that? Yeah. Like you can't have something ready to go. I mean, you did the best you could with, you know, you have this weird, like, comprehension like oh was that what was said that was what was said then you have the adrenaline kicking off and then you're like oh i feel like i need to say something but i'm in a professional setting so i can't say what i want to say and so what's going to come out of my mouth is how interesting you feel comfortable saying that to me which i think of all the other opportunities uh, and possibilities that existed for you in that moment i think you probably picked the best path <laughs> You're being very generous, but I don't hate. Okay. So my listeners, I would fight a bear for them. I wouldn't hate if she said, oh, how interesting that you feel comfortable asking me that. I wouldn't hate if she said that, but I don't belong, you know, teaching etiquette. I mean, I, I think you kind of have to do what works for you. Um, and you'll know if your approach is successful. I think for somebody who comments on your weight or anything kind of in that world, it's thank you for your concern, but I'm fine. That's it. Oh, that's a good one. That's okay, the, you guys, listen to Nick, not me. Okay. You know, and that, that applies to, you know, why aren't you married? When are you going to have another baby? Whatever. Why haven't you promoted? Thank you for con your concern, but everything is fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, I am quite literally going to put the transcript of this episode in the show notes so that people can just... Cut and paste. And I mean this, <laughs> copy and paste. <laughs> Look for Nick, not Ella. Okay, this is the last question. It's very, very clearly the most important. What is the correct way to reply when someone keeps asking you questions that you don't want to answer? Nothing dramatically rude, just nosy, like faux familiarity, like the checkout person at Trader Joe's. <laughs> uh, I think, thank you for your concern. That works for a lot of things. 
Um, <laughs> or I'm fine. Thanks. And also like the uh, nosy checkout person, you don't actually have to answer the questions that they're asking. No, um, oh, what are you doing with all of these marshmallows? Thank you. I'm having a great day. <laughs> it's fine. Just go, go full politician. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. Uh, or thank you for your concern about my yeah. purchases. You don't have to engage. And I think that a lot of times, particularly women, not to gender this, but, but I, it has to be said, like, we are taught to be accommodating more often than not. And I had to unlearn some of that for health and safety. Like I got myself into some real pickles when I was younger, because I was being polite. And that's not, <laughs> you don't have to accommodate everyone that asks for your energy or asks something of you. Yeah, that is not an obligation that any of us have. Because also, imagine a world in which that was what the rule was. You have to say yes to every invitation. That's the rule now. What would that world look like? What an insane, bonkers world that would look like if the rule was like, oh, you have to go to every event. You have to agree to everything. Like, what an insane thing. Nick Layton, your podcast is called Were You Raised by Wolves? It's an absolute delight. Both you and Leah are amazing. Nick, where do you love to be found? You can find us at wereyourraisedbywolves.com. And if you or a friend has been a victim of an etiquette crime, etiquettecrime.com. We're here for you. Just report it. Let us know if there's any etiquette crimes you've come across. Uh, we're a place you can send it. Nick, thank you so much. <laughs> this was a treat. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, I hope you enjoyed today's show and got something out of it that you can use. If you did and you want to learn more, head over to onairella.com where I put up links to all of the stuff that you did not need to write down today because I got you covered. There's no with. It's just onairella.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing the show. And thanks for inspiring me. You are quite simply awesome.